Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, it's been over 24 hours since the Black Caps came up short in the T20 World Cup final against Australia. The good news is the next T20 World Cup is less than a year away. Um, while the Black Caps are back in action on Thursday morning against India, quick turnaround there. Um, they, they've still got lingering thoughts, I'm sure. And to help us take a, a look back at that final and what's coming up uh, is former Black Cap and Black Cap spanning coach, of course, Craig McMillan, uh, good morning to you, Macca. Uh, 24 hours uh, later, the expectation is gone. The pain is easing a wee bit. So what did you make of it all? Morning, Smitty. Well, I have to say that over those 24 hours, the disappointment certainly hasn't dissipated um, with that loss. And you still, I still have that feeling that New Zealand missed a golden opportunity to win their first white ball World Cup tournament. Um, and that's frustrating. So I guess some of the emotion has perhaps left over the last 24 hours, but certainly not the disappointment. Okay, so where, where for you uh, did we fall short? Uh, at the break, 170-odd, in the terms of this tournament, appeared quite good. It did. I, I think that was a, a, a winning score. It was obviously, I think, um, the highest chase by a side in a T20 World Cup final. So you have to say that it was enough run to get them bowled and fielded well. I guess the disappointment... Um, came with the ball and the inability of the New Zealand attack to take early wickets and put Australia on the back foot. I think you have to say, somebody that throughout the tournament, New Zealand bowling tech were outstanding. They, they were you know, a big part of the reason that New Zealand had got all the way through to that final. But I guess it's disappointing that um, come that crucial time when you had everything to play for, you needed that New Zealand bowling attack to find a way to win the game for New Zealand. That, um, that they didn't, they went missing. And I sort of sat back over the last 24 hours and tried to, I guess, pick some points as to why that might have happened. And one of the interesting things that I came up with was uh, Mitchell Santner, who has been, I guess, New Zealand's probably best T20 bowler over the last three or four seasons. He's been New Zealand's banker. He's been the guy that Kane Williamson can use in the top six overs, he can use through the middle. And he very rarely gets taken downtown. He very rarely goes for more than six or seven and over. He's that consistent performer. But over the last three games of that tournament, when New Zealand played Afghanistan, semi-final against England, um, and the final against Australia, he only bowled six overs throughout those three games, went at ten and over, and didn't pick up a wicket. And for me, when I'm sort of trying to dissect through the carnage, that's a major factor in that New Zealand bowling lineup. Well, he's, uh, he's an interesting subject, actually, Mitch Santner. There's no doubt uh, when he came into the side as a young man, he had promise, expectation written all over him just because of the way he looked uh, as a cricketer uh, and his natural ability. And that things tended to just seem so happily and easily for him. Uh, but I'm with you. Um, is it at the, are we at the stage with Mitchell Santner where we've seen the end of his development? Can he go any further? Look, I think he's he's a very skillful bowler in, in the short form of the game. With the white ball, his changes of pace, I mean, he's almost Vittori-like in terms of his control with the ball through that period in T20 cricket. And like I said, very rarely does he get attacked and get 
um, taken downtown. But those last three games are a major factor where he was a non-event. So four solid, rock-solid overs that um, New Zealand captain Kane Williamson had, it disappeared um, effectively, which I think put the rest of the attack under huge... Um, huge scrutiny and, and huge pressure and I think that showed on each side as well because effectively going from having two spinners that um, you know can work in tandem and pick up wickets, you had one spinner that was a non-event so it put a lot of pressure back on Sodi who obviously didn't deal with it well um, in that final um, and, I, and if I'm picking at things that perhaps contributed to that poor New Zealand bowling performance I think there are a couple of key factors Okay, let's uh, let's look also at uh, Kane Williamson's performance, uh, really, in terms of leadership and, and in terms of of that innings. Yeah, you know, people are, I've read some reports where people are saying he's too slow at the start. His first ten deliveries slow the whole New Zealand innings down. <laughs> what, what do you what, what do you make of that uh, that criticism? <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he is he is world class in all three formats and. Um, the thing about Kane, the way he plays T20 cricket, is he skins the cat a little bit differently. So he's not your wham bam, thank you man, go out and bash it from ball one. He does, he kills you silently um, with paper cuts, but he, he he just goes about playing good cricket shots. And all of a sudden, you look up at the scoreboard and he's got 35 from 18 or 19. You think, crikey, uh, where's he scored his run? So um, you know, it was a masterful innings. It really was, and it was a key factor in New Zealand coming through to that total. That, um, you know, if he'd been caught by Hazelwood at final leg on 21 or whatever he was, then um, it would have been very difficult for New Zealand to get anywhere near that total. So he is um, a class in T20 cricket. We've seen it in the IPL as well. Um, but he just skins the can a bit differently to the other players. He's the glue in that New Zealand batting lineup. So he's a key player. It was a hell of an innings in a World Cup final, and it should have been rewarded a little bit better than what it was. There was a lot of talk about um, Adam Milne, even from himself, actually. He felt desperately unlucky that he didn't make the initial squad in the end. He, he got his opportunity. Um, but uh, they talk about the, the three or four deliveries that changed the course of the match yesterday. They were bowled by him when Mitch Marsh took him apart and got Australia really ramping it up. Um, where did you think, uh, where does Milne uh, figure for you now going forward? Is he still firmly behind Lockie Ferguson if we look at that type of bowler? Yeah, he is. I mean, Lockie Ferguson is our number one T20 bowler. Um, so that was a big loss for New Zealand right at the start of the tournament. No, Make no bones about that. The skill set that Lockie Ferguson has with pace, the ability to swing the ball, and I think that was one of the major things missing from Adam Milne's game. That um, I remember back when I was part of the coaching setup, one of his strengths was the ability to swing the ball into the right-hander, so attack the stumps and the pads. Um, I haven't seen that since he's come back into this New Zealand side. He's still bowling relatively quick in that mid-140s. But you've got to remember, Smithy, that a lot of these Australian batsmen, um, they dine out on pace of 140 to 145. They grow up on it, so it's nothing new to them. The ability to move the ball in the air is the crucial thing. And I felt the other night, and, I, and since he's come back, Adam Mills has lost that ability to swing the ball. Um, his wrist doesn't look quite as strong as what it was previously, um, so the seam is a little bit scrambled. So that is a concern for me. If he can find that little bit of movement, that swing, then he becomes um, a lot more dangerous um, and a lot more of a wicket-taking option like Lockie Ferguson. So that is something to look out for and hopefully something he's working on.
Over the years, Macca, and the time that you played and the time that you've been around the Black Caps, is there a phobia about playing Australia? Do you feel, like, have you looked at individuals, have you looked at yourself and have you looked at individuals and thinking, oh, it's Australia today, it's different, it's a lot harder. Um, you know, they're our big brother. How can we possibly beat them? Do you ever have, have any of those feelings around you in those groups? From the playing days, no, I didn't, because it was always exciting to play Australia. They were the best team in the world, and they were the, the benchmark, so you wanted to test yourself against the best. You always knew that you had to play well and be at the top of your game, and on an ideal day, probably them a little bit off their game to beat them, but um, there was never a phobia. There was always an excitement about meeting um, you know, our trained Trans-Tasman players. In terms of recent times, look, it is starting to stack up now, isn't it, in terms of our losses at, at World Cups and white ball cricket. Um, uh, look, I went through both teams on paper, and Australia were the strongest side on paper, no doubt about that. So probably seven times out of ten they are going to win matches when you've got a stronger lineup. But that said, um, you know, we've beaten them at World Cups. We beat them at the 2015 World Cup, didn't we? And their thriller at Eden Park. But when it comes to the crunch, for some reason their players um, are able to perform on the big stage, and we haven't quite got that right yet. Hmm, I wonder. I wonder if it's a, a mental thing at times because, yeah, as you say, it's when you when you play them in, in round robin play, and when you you know you, you you kind of feel more comfortable as a spectator as a commentator. You, you kind of feel that we're a much better chance in those games, and I, I, mm. I, I just wonder whether it's an inbuilt thing or how the hell we knock it out of ourselves. Well, one of the things I think, Smitty about Australia is you know that they come hard at you. They're aggressive, that's their nature. I think at times New Zealand are a little bit submissive and that's perhaps more our nature. It's certainly, you could say, the style of this New Zealand side under the leadership of Kane Williamson in terms of um, the nice guys of world cricket. I think at times, um, because Australia play the bully boy, you have to stand up to them and you have to get your hands dirty with them because you have to get in the fight. And I think if you look at the team's that have been successful against Australia in recent years, you would probably put India at the top of the list. And I think one of the key reasons for their success against Australia, India, is because of their ability of their players to actually get in the fight, not be submissive, mm. and take the battle to Australia. And I just wonder at times, maybe whether perhaps we do just take a little bit of a backward step rather than getting in their face and saying, we're here, we're not, taking, we're not going backwards for you guys, we're in, you're in a fight. Perhaps we don't do that as often as we should. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point, actually. And, and actually, it's a very valid point when you look at the, the way that India looked them in the face. And, if, and in fact, even in, on Australian soil, they're uh, even more aggressive, I think, even, uh, than they are at home. Uh, look at um, uh, the squad uh, going forward. It's only uh, a, about a year away till the next T20 World Cup, believe it or not, in Australia. <laughs> are they... Are they all survivors here? Can we build on this? I mean, surely most of them will be there, uh, the dominant factor. But there, will there be any casualties, do you think? Um, I don't know about casualties. I guess there's a couple of question marks for me. I think, obviously, throw Lockie Ferguson back into that side and makes a huge difference. So that's a positive for New Zealand. I think Finn Allen, I think he's a talent that New Zealand has to find a slot for at the top of the order. Um, because he's got that um, explosiveness, that fearlessness that 
it's so important in T20 cricket, and, and we saw from Australia the other day, I, I think he brings that to the New Zealand side, so that's a different dynamic that perhaps we just don't have at the moment. So um, that will be an interesting one for Gary Stead and the New Zealand selectors to find a position for him. Uh, and I think um, he has to play over the next 12 months and he could be a key performer for New Zealand in Australia in those conditions. Um, I guess there's still question marks on the wicket-keeping slot, isn't there, with Seifert and Conway. Obviously, um, before he got injured, Conway was the preferred option. Um, he's not a full-time keeper. You would say a part-time keeper, but does the job well enough. Is that the balance that New Zealand are going to stick with, or, or is there room for Seifert to come back into that side? So there's, there's question marks that they're going to have to sort out and find answers to relatively quickly, because like you say, I guess the good thing um, is that Australia can only gloat for, what, 12 months before there's another World Cup, so that's a positive. Yeah, that is, Mac, and uh, it's been great talking to you, actually, to hear uh, your opinion on it, the fact that you put a lot of uh, thought into it, too. Uh, it's uh, bringing out the anal- analytical Craig McMillan that, um, that we know. So that's fantastic, mate. Thank you for your help. Uh, and, and picking it to pieces this morning. Um, yeah, it could have been worse, but it could have been a whole lot better. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure, buddy. Thanks, mate.